0: Welcome to the Champion's Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net My name is Andy Spateri, and I am back from a sabbatical Taking last week off because I was uh, sick and tired of this guy Taylor Wells, how you doing pal?
1: You know, I'm doing well But I think I was better off when you were gone
0: If I had a nickel for every time that I heard that in my life I'd be a slightly richer man than I am right now Only slightly um, How was last week? Uh, I listened to the show. It was a it was a great job by our uh, filling in host Kevin O'Rourke. So shout out to him. Um, I, did you have fun?
1: Yeah, I always think when Kevin shows up, it's it's usually a good time. Um, he and I had a lot of fun, really, kind of going into stuff that we don't normally go into on the podcast, like D and D uh, and a few more like lore based things. But all in all, it was it was a really fun time, really good, really good relaxing show.
0: That is good, and we can't wait to have uh, Kevin back on, and I'm sure that we probably will as the Zelda Dungeon Marathon kind of gains steam and starts starts kicking it into high gear. But uh, for this week, we've got a good show for you. Uh, we're going to count down our top 10 Game Boy games, the OG Game Boy. Of course, it turned uh, 30 years old. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and we're a little bit late to the party, but whatever. We wanted to uh, to pay homage to the original handheld, so uh, we, we put our heads together, we are going to get a list, we got our list, we're counting them down, 10 to 1. So yeah, you can look forward to that. We're also going to run through, uh, Zelda Dungeon just had a massive feature go out where all of the different editors got together and pitched their own dream Zelda spinoff. So there's a lot of uh, different cool stuff in there that I can't wait to... To dive into. Have you had a chance to read the whole thing yet, Taylor?
1: I have not, but I got about halfway through and I think some of these are, well, really just spot on. There, there are A lot of these I, I've kind of wanted myself and I think our editors did a really good job of kind of brainstorming and, and coming up with some really neat ideas uh, and, and ones that are actually pretty plausible, not just, you know, out of, out of left field.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah the worst part about the list is that these games do not exist uh, because after reading some of them I was just like, yeah, I would totally play that um, I think you and I are a little bit faster and looser when it comes to Zelda spin-offs like a lot of people are are fairly protective of the Zelda IP and I, I think that uh, perhaps we are a little bit more willing to uh, to let that IP go where it may but um, you know there was a lot of really fun stuff on there that uh, I was excited to talk about and to read. So we're going to get into that. But before we do, hold on, hold on.
1: I I have to also just point out how incredibly irritated I am at you right now. Because, like, one of the ones that I did get to in that post was yours. And I cannot, actually, I can believe, but I didn't want to believe how shamelessly you decided to use the Final Fantasy VIII artwork and Photoshop, Link, and Zelda. I
0: I can't believe that it took you a week to notice that, to be honest. So, for a quick, quick tangent here, quick side story. Um, for this particular article, I was searching a bunch of, like, uh, Zelda, you know, cross uh, Assassin's Creed, Zelda cross Animal Crossing, and of course... Mine, as we're going to get into, is a uh, Zelda RPG, and there is an artist, and I'm so sorry to him, I forget his name, but he did um, mashups of, like, the Final Fantasy font with the little designs in the back, but they say Legend of Zelda and stuff, so, like, really, really cool stuff. If you Google Zelda times Final Fantasy, you'll find it, and uh, I picked the I picked the Final Fantasy Eight slash Zelda mashup specifically, specifically... For you, Taylor. So there you go.
1: It's okay. I got a daily debate coming out in a week or so that has your name on it, specifically for you as well.
0: That was a great little image, though. Hey, like um, it is with, the, with Zelda hugging Link, or I guess Link hugging Zelda.
1: Yeah, it's it's, um, it's very fitting. Like I, of all the like crossover artwork, artwork and stuff like that, like the Assassin's Creed one is really good too. But that one. Um, that one looks like it could have been done for Zelda at some point. You know, if it hadn't already been done by Final Fantasy. And so, I, I just really loved it.
0: Um, so, go out of your way to Google that. It's It looks really cool. And we're going to dive into that. But uh, before we get there, Taylor rudely interrupted me. So, I'm going to try and bring it back. Um, I want to talk about Cadence of Hyrule. And specifically, why we haven't heard anything about it. And specifically, the fact that this is a spring release, and it's May the 6th, by the time you're listening to this, and, uh, we haven't seen or heard anything about this, so, um, you know, I, I don't think that it's been delayed, I don't think that it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, I just find it perhaps a little bit strange that Nintendo is seemingly going to go the route of, like, oh, by the way, this game is out today, like, you can buy it today, when there is, um... I guess a lot of uncertainty, or a lot of people aren't familiar with this, whereas maybe a more traditional build-up would have, would have helped it, uh, you know, in, in terms of, like, getting the point of the game across to Zelda fans and stuff like that. I just, I find it odd that we haven't seen or heard anything about it since the original Direct. I
1: wonder if it's one of those things... I guess, I, I mean, we have, we're seeing a lot of this from Nintendo recently, like, for example, a lot of stuff with Smash. Like, for example, Joker. They're like, we got an announcement that he was going to be the DLC character. Then we heard absolutely nothing until the day before his release. And, pretty, pretty I, much, I, I'm really wondering. Either is this either Nintendo's new strategy for marketing? Just saying, it's like, look, we'll tell you that it's coming, but we're not going to give you any information until we're about to launch it because we're tired of, um. I guess maybe not planning out our release schedules as well. I I I don't know. It just it it strikes of Nintendo either just not having anything or just not caring as much about their I guess side projects. You want to call it? I don't know. You can't really call Smash Brothers a side project, but stuff like Cadence of Hyrule could definitely qualify.
0: Um. Yeah. It it is strange, and actually since you brought up smash bros i'm, I'm a little bit uh, surprised that we haven't heard anything about the next downloadable content fighter which i mean that le- that leads me to believe that at e3 there's going to be like one or maybe even two fighters that are available that day i'm hoping they just
1: announce the whole roster
0: well i you know what that could be a possibility um i i think that they'll announce like one one or two characters, one will be available that day and maybe one will be available in like a month. But um, it, it is strange that we haven't seen anything, but I think it's even stranger that we haven't seen anything for Cadence of High Rule. I thought that this game could really use like um, a spotlight to just show people exactly what it's all about and kind of sell it to a lot of the Zelda fans. Because a lot of the Zelda fans that I know, um, they're just like, yeah, this doesn't really look like my thing. I think I'm going to pass on it. And, um, you know, as as Rod pointed out a couple weeks ago when he was on the show, the, the game that it's based on is actually a really fun game. And, it, and, you know, if you're a fan of the Zelda series, you'll probably connect with it. It's just kind of... It's weird that there's no hard sell, I guess. Or there hasn't been yet. Assuming that this game is still a spring game. Because, I mean, you can't call a game that comes out in June a spring game, right? Like, that's a summer game. I would uh, Am think I crazy so. there?
1: No, no, I, I, yeah. I'm with you on that one. I, I wonder... Do you think that maybe... We're not hearing anything from Nintendo because Nintendo just doesn't really put any stock in it?
0: I don't think so. I mean, if they didn't put any stock in it, I, I feel like it wouldn't have got made. You know, they obviously see something in the developer of this game, and that's why, you know, that, that's why they have this license, but... Um, you say that, but then I don't know,
1: games I, like Tingle's Rose Rupee Land come out where they put, like, no advertising whatsoever for it in certain areas, and... It's still a great game, but, like, they just don't really do anything for it, marketing-wise.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it's strange. Um, actually, speaking of Tingle's Rosie Land, by the time you're listening to this, my uh, my deep dive into that game is finally going to be published on the site, so uh, check that out. Um, I actually, I think that if if they release Tingle's Rosie Land today, because back in 2006, digital games weren't really... The digital platform for games was still in its infancy, and especially on the Nintendo side of the of the equation. So, like, I, I feel like if they made that game today, they would have released it digitally in the states, even if they didn't think that it was going to do very well, because you don't have those distribution costs, or you don't have anything like that. So,
1: oh yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot holding uh, international companies from releasing games internationally. Uh, as much as there there was in the past, like now nowadays, like everybody's like whatever. There's no need to kind of either you know censor which games are coming out in certain countries. It's just like you know if a game's coming out, it's coming out. We'll release it in as many countries as we possibly can.
0: So yeah, strange stuff about Cadence of Hyrule, and our hope. Our hope is that since we've spent the last ten minutes talking about this. That uh, early Monday morning, Nintendo gives us a ton of information about Cadence of Hyrule, and this is completely obsolete by the time that you're listening to this. So, um, you know, we're we're working for you here. So, hopefully, that happens. But uh, speaking of Cadence of Hyrule, and speaking of weird spinoff games, you ready to take a look at some of these uh, some of these Zelda dungeon staff picks for the Dream Zelda spinoff? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right, so I'm gonna run through them uh, somewhat quickly here, and then stop me if you if you have one that you really want to talk about. But there's some good stuff here, so let's get it uh, started off right here. Rod suggested an enhanced remake of Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. So like, kind of, um, kind of like in the style of Dead Cells or Sultan Sanctuary, he said. And I, I would imagine it's a remake that's kind of like in tune with like the Link's Awakening remake that we're getting, or like like a Metroid Samus Returns or something. Um I I think that of every single Zelda game, man, this one needs a remake desperately. It needs a remake more than anything.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. However, okay, well, first I'll get out of the way and say I I have not played Salt and Sanctuary yet despite its um standout performance, so to speak, amongst gamers, but um I yeah, fe- I haven't played it either. I feel like this is go. This is going back to you combining, um, Legend of Zelda with with Final Fantasy. I think that Adventure of Link, because it kind of already started in that realm where you have this kind of like Final Fantasy overworld where you walk around to, to get to the places you need to get to, your random encounter and stuff like that. Um, is is a very Final Fantasy esque style. The battle system obviously is a, is not. It's more. Uh, it's more, I guess, Metroidvania, Mega Man-esque, side-scrolly action. Uh, but you could, you could kind of, you could turn it into, I think, like, if you're doing a a remake, I don't think there would be anything stopping you from, from kind of doing it in that style, but I, I definitely agree that Adventure of Link is in dire need of a remake, and I would, I would kill to see it happen.
0: Yeah, I'm not usually. I'm not like super in love with the idea of games getting remade. I like, I can take it or leave it. Um, I I think that most most of the Zelda games stand on their own as they are, but like this one, this one could really use a new coat of paint. I think, and if they if they had it in like kind of a a Metroidvania esque setting, and maybe, I don't know, maybe they could eliminate some of the overhead stuff. Um, I don't know. I think it could be really cool, but I think it needs something for sure. Like the there's a really great game there to be found. Um, it's just, it, it, it feels its age, let's just say. I felt, I was, when I was playing it not that long ago, I was like, oh my god, this game was definitely made for the Nintendo Entertainment System 30 years ago. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that would be a cool one. Um, and so next up, this one, uh, this, speaking of cool ones, this would be kind of neat. This is from Judy. She wants a game, and she doesn't specify, like, what kind of gameplay or anything, but her pitch is to have a game based all around Ganondorf's Conquest. So uh, it it takes place during and before Ocarina of Time. So when Ganondorf is uh, presumably sealed Link away and is just uh, wrecking havoc over everything. I mean, how awesome would that be just to, to play him and like just completely muck everything up? Like I, that just sounds like that sounds like a big hack and slash fun game to me. I am all about this game. And to be honest, it actually
1: reminds me a little bit, and maybe this is just the name, but it kind of reminds me of Pokemon Conquest, which sort of took the the Fire Emblem uh, battle system, or uh, like, you know, kind of combat mechanics, and applied it to a Pokemon game. And I really, really enjoyed it back in the day, and I'm actually surprised because, like, I played it for all of two and a half weeks before, like, life caught up with me, and then it kind of, like, I kind of forgot about it for a while. But while I was playing it I had one of the greatest times and I think that I think that you could totally combine Zelda, especially with Ganondorf as like the protagonist, or well, I mean protagonist slash antagonist, I guess. Uh, and combine it with like a Fire Emblem or or Pokemon Conquest ish uh, gameplay mechanic it would be really, really cool, really, really fun. So I'm I'm all about it.
0: I I see this as, like, the modern uh, Godzilla game where you're just, like, stomping over buildings and stuff like that. I don't know. I would just want to wreck some stuff as Ganondorf. I think any way you
1: cut it, it would be good.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Charles pitched Sheikah's Creed, which, as the name implies, uh, is uh, is an Assassin's Creed-style Zelda game where you play as a Sheikah assassin during the Hyrule Unification War. So, I mean, I'm pretty down for that, you know. I'm always down for exploring more of the Sheikah. i totally play this
1: game. I'd be a little concerned about how you do certain elements that are ever-present in Assassin's Creed games uh, in Zelda, but I think with a little bit of thought and some some judicious use of... uh, (laughs) conversion methods you could definitely make it work it would I, it would be probably a little odd at first but i think most people would would get behind it a lot of, a lot of people enjoy just I mean, being pretty much ninja. any
0: zelda spinoff is odd at first oh well, yeah fair.
1: but i i think some kind of like some some work like immediately kind of in your mind whereas others take a little getting used to you know what i mean
0: yeah, I, I don't know I don't I don't have a hard time imagining this actually like yeah the when I picture chic and maybe this is just from Smash Bros but like she's very graceful she's very um, fluid in movement so I I think that that would translate well to like an Assassin's Creed style game I think like you know obviously there's weapons and there's assassinations in that game but I think the the key aspect of Assassin's Creed is just that uh, fluidity of movement that's kind of the the key. I think is like how how seamless you can run, jump, scale, etc., etc. I think that you'd have that.
1: Maybe I'm limiting myself too much when I think about these games and in trying to like just picturing Zelda in the actual gameplay mechanics of the other game, as opposed to just kind of thinking of a, a more of a seamless fusion between the two.
0: Um, well, here's here's something limited. John pitches Hyrule Mirage session. So, uh, as the name implies, this is like a mashup between uh, Zelda and Persona, and I know literally nothing about Persona, other than uh, Jokers and Smash Bros, so um, I'm going to read you what he said. Um, There is a lot to work with in the way of social links. For the members of the S-E-E-S, Link and Zelda are both obvious choices, and the developers could pull from pre-existing characters or create entirely new ones to use different Personas. So, there you go are you a persona guy
1: uh i've played personas three and four i've missed out so far on five but i i'm looking at my hands on it
0: okay well i hope that makes sense to you because it doesn't make sense to me
1: it, it, it does like okay so this is again this is one of the ones where i was just like okay well you know it it takes some getting used to but i think I would play this game just specifically for that aspect—the fact that they are they're a little wildly different, in my opinion, to be kind of just mashed up like that. But I would pay to see it happen. Let's put it that way.
0: Well, and I mean that was one of the weird games for the Wii U too, was um, Tokyo Mirage Session, which had Fire Emblem Persona. So like, I it's it's not it's not impossible. No, definitely not. Means, you know. So, uh, that would be definitely interesting. This one was maybe my favorite pick on this entire list, though. This is from, uh, senior editor, Kristen Rosario, and he calls this Cuckoo's March. So, this is, <laughs> this is a Zelda game where the core concept is based on Pikmin, except instead of Pikmin, it's a legion of Cucko's that you have following you around. Does that not sound incredible? Dude, that artwork alone that he picked, I
1: would I would buy this game in a heart heartbeat. If that was like the the, <laughs> the box
0: art, I'm I'm gonna jump in and take credit and say that I picked every single piece of artwork in here. I love it. I'm patting myself love on the it. back, but also kind of patting myself on the back. You
1: kind of deserve um. <laughs> it.
0: This... <laughs> but yeah, so, like what did that? Would that be absolutely incredible? I absolutely.
1: You know what it also reminds me of? Did you ever play a game way back in like the 90s? 90s and maybe early 2000s i don't know if it was still going around but lemmings
0: oh yeah i played i played a ton of lemmings for the super nintendo
1: yeah it kind of reminds me of lemmings and i would that it, it appeals to me on so many different levels It just it feels charming it feels like it could actually really work uh pretty well and i don't know i it's, everything about that just seems awesome
0: yeah this is like This is maybe my favorite entry on this entire list. And appropriately, this next entry is maybe my least favorite entry on this entire list. Uh, Brandon pitches a game called Midna May Cry. And uh, as that implies, it's it's a Devil May Cry type of game with Midna as the lead protagonist. I don't know about that. I'm sure that a lot of people would really like that.
1: Okay, disregarding my... Not so hot takes on on Midna. Um, I don't know that Double May Cry really mixes well with Zelda. I mean, I can see certain elements of it kind of work, but I don't know. It, it's just hard for I think, me to I picture. Think that it, I
0: think that it could. Yeah, yeah, yeah it I, could. I think it could. Um, yeah, that wouldn't be. It wouldn't be my favorite, but I think that if you were going with true form Midna, she wouldn't look out of place in a setting like that. And if it was set in the Twilight Realm, that wouldn't be too terrible. You know, it could be could be neat.
1: I definitely agree with Brandon in thinking that maybe, like, especially because Midna being the protagonist in all of it, and again, as you pointed out, as her her kind of true form, I think it kind of lends itself a little bit more towards Bayonetta than De- Devil May Cry, but I don't know. Still, it it, it for some reason it just feels weird, and and this is me completely discounting my, you know, my opinions towards Midna. I you know I'm trying to look at this game from from an objective point of view. and' it's it's just really hard for me to picture. So I don't know. I would play it, but it'd be really weird. I think.
0: Um. So Almog pitched. Speaking of really weird. Link and Zelda at the Olympics. So uh, so basically Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, but with the Zelda gang instead. Uh, you know what? Why not? I'd Why play. the heck not? Um, I've never played any of those Mario and Sonic at the Olympic games, so I'm not sure, like, quality-wise how they are. But, uh, you know, also sports games aren't really, like, my cup of tea, but I, I don't know, I give it a shot, why not?
1: I mean, anything that utilizes the new uh, shield-surfing mechanic from Breath of the Wild, I, I can get behind. And also something that caught my eye is his mention of maybe being able to play as Vati, and I am all about that, so sign me up.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, so you were talking about Pokemon Conquest earlier, and actually, Brittany pitched a just full-on Fire Emblem slash Zelda spinoff, which I named Pharoor Emblem, hey? hey eh? 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 Eh, that's pretty good eh um, so yeah so <laughs> you know as as the name implies it would be a, a, a tactical RPG in the vein of Fire Emblem, but with Zelda stuff and I would be so down for that that, that would be fantastic I think
1: yeah I, I mean as I said earlier, I'm I'm totally about a, a fire Emblem LMS game. I, I would again say that maybe Ganondorf would be a really good protagonist for that kind of game. But you could totally make it. You could totally make it um, with with the goddesses, maybe, or or you know, or just regular. You, you, or set it up the the exact way she's talking about with Pokemon Conquest, where you have the different countries. So instead, you have like maybe, you know, the the heroes of Hyrule. You could pick the villains of of Hyrule, or even New Hyrule, that kind of. That kind of thing. I think it all works, or or the Kingdom of Zoras, Kingdom of Gorons, Kingdom of Dorito, whatever, whatever you want to slice it. You could have a bunch of different factions have them fight it out in a Fire Emblem style game. I I think that the the two go hand in hand and it works out really well.
0: Yeah, I think I would like maybe a more just like traditional um, story where like you have Link Zelda and then maybe like your your Legion of Knights or like the side characters that you meet. Because I, mean, I mean you could. You could take a game like, um, let's say Majora's Mask, and you could pick out probably 20 people in that story that are, you know, part of a side quest or something like that that conceivably could join your party if you were doing it that way. So I, I think I'd like, I think I'd like the big epic like Zelda versus Ganondorf at the end. But I like either way. I think that would be fantastic because I, I think that Fire Emblem is like. One of the best Nintendo series going right now, so that that would be a crossover I'd totally get behind.
1: I agree. I I think I'll, as long as we don't have the ridiculous fan service, shipping slash relationship mechanics that we have in most Fire Emblem games, I can do without those.
0: That's that's the only thing I want from that game. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> who I can match up with Tingle? Yes. Um, okay, so so what about this one? I'm pretty I'm pretty down for this because I was huge into rock band back in the day, but Ewan Crombie has pitched Ocarina Hero. Um so you have like you have like a rock band rhythm game esque thing where like you gotta play your notes on the Ocarina. You could use the Wind Waker. You could use uh the Spirit Flute you could use uh, you know there's there's a lot of different instruments. there's a bunch in Majora's Mask. Um there's a lot of different instruments that I think that you could use to make this game like like really cool. I mean I guess like I haven't played any of the new Rock Band games that don't have the instruments yet, so I'm not sure how those work. But like, man, back in the day, I played the heck out of Rock Band 2. Like, I, I must have I must have played a thousand hours into that game. You remember so DJ I would be, Hero? I'd be totally good. Yeah, I remember DJ Hero. Yo, all you know, I,
1: I I had it. <laughs> all all those rhythm base games were were quality games. I I, I saw I saw I, a I few still have a
0: I still have Beatles rock band, Green Day rock band, AC DC. Oh man! Uh, oh yeah, it was it was great stuff. I love it, dude. We need, we need to have a party at your house one time. Just play all the rhythm games. You know what? You know what the terrible thing is though is that it's on the Wii. Ooh! Like, so you can't even transfer it over into the present. I know it's terrible. That's unfortunate. Um, and finding like finding Wii instruments now, I feel like is going to be impossible. I went through man i must have went through like a dozen foot pedals because i just kept breaking them because i played the drums Mm-hmm. unfortunate stuff but i really liked it you know for its time funny um
1: so yeah funny thing here though i <laughs> it's this happens a lot with you and for a guy who like despises ocarina of time he sure as hell mentions it a lot in in creating like new stuff like <laughs> This is probably the tenth time I've seen him talk about Ocarina of Time recently in a non-like criticizing manner. So he, that was funny. Uh, to be
0: fair, he didn't specifically say Ocarina Hero. That was me. Oh, but, uh, okay. I, I, you know, I thought that was a cool title. He did mention the frogs in Ocarina of Time would be cool. So uh, you know, whatever. He can just suck it up and uh, have his game be called Ocarina Hero. Um, so Matt pitched a game called the Hylian Knight. Which is kind of like a a Zelda slash Batman Arkham series uh, slash Shadow of Mordor kind of game, and like I almost feel like that's pretty much what Skyrim is, like to to Breath of the Wild. Like I feel like Skyrim is like an Arkham version of Breath of the Wild almost. It, what do you think about that?
1: Uh, in a loose kind of way, sure.
0: Obviously, obviously not in a combat way, but like in a tone slash aesthetic kind of a way.
1: Yeah, yeah, for. That I can see. Um, I think I see... I see where he's going with this, and I definitely think uh, maybe more of a Shadow of Mordor style would fit it than Mm -hmm. either... Well, I mean, Skyrim works, absolutely, but... If I'm thinking of a game that I would want to play or would want to see in that kind of style, I think I would definitely lend more towards Shadow of Mordor, if only because I've already played Skyrim a million times and created Link in various ways through various mods or even through the official Switch release. So I think Shadow of Mordor would be a little bit more appealing on that front.
0: You know what? I actually, I'm a huge, huge, huge Lord of the Rings fan, and uh, I didn't think Shadow of Mordor is very good.
1: I liked Shadow of War a little bit more than Mordor, if only because when I played Mordor it felt like some things just weren't as polished or developed as they wanted to make it by the time of the game's release. But I actually really enjoyed the lore. I I enjoyed a lot of the characters, and I thought that it it delved into some things that um, the movies and... Uh, not necessarily the books per se, but definitely the movies, didn't kind of really explore too much. And I and I like that it provided that... Um, it provided that avenue for people who may not have read the books but are fans of the movies to kind of get a, li- a little bit of a deeper dive into the vastness that is the Lord of the Rings uh, series. You, you know what, though? So, like,
0: I, I think that was... My problem with the game, though, is because you're, I, I mean, obviously that's what the game is called, but, like, you're just stuck in Mordor, and it's very bland, and it's very drab. Yeah. It was, it was like playing Twilight Princess. It was terrible.
1: <laughs> you know what? Um, also, you're right. <laughs> also,
0: the game, the game's performance sucked. It, it must have crashed on me, like, eight times. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't and I, experience uh, by, that. By, like, by the fifth time, I was like, I am so done with this, but I, I've already, like, I've already put in a bunch of hours, like, I might as well finish it.
1: Huh. that That's weird. I, I didn't really encounter many of those issues. I did for Shadow of War, but that was only for, like, the first week, and then they released a patch that fixed most of it. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I, which is too bad, because I really wanted to like that game. But, did, um, did you play Shadow of War? Less. No, I didn't.
1: You should. I, I think you'll like it more than Shadow of Mordor. It's still kind of drab and dreary, but it improves on a lot of things that, that Mordor did did good but didn't quite flesh out.
0: Maybe I, I would I would consider playing that like, you know, in a couple years time when I have like or when, when the game is 5 bucks at the pawn shop or something like that, but uh, I yeah, I just I wasn't impressed with the first one, which like I said, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan and I really wanted to be Makes uh, sense. So it was just too bad. So we're going to let's do let's do one or two more and then we'll leave out the rest for people to go and check out on the actual website here. But um, I thought that this one was kind of cool. Simon pitched Cabin in the Lost Woods. So uh, as the name kind of implies, it's like it's a horror game set in the Lost Woods or the Sacred Grove or like some kind of foresty area. And he kind of, he basically says like the game could kind of could kind of run similarly to how uh, Eventide Island works in Breath of the Wild where you have like very limited resources and it's you know you're you're scrounging to find anything to make that work. So um I I'm pretty I'm pretty down for this. I I like horror games and I think that you know I think we've talked about it on the show before, but I think there's a lot of material for Zelda that could make a pretty scary game.
1: I agree. Absolutely. And honestly like I don't play all that many horror games. I I kind of restrict myself to Resident Evil, Fatal Frame and you know, the odd silent hill here and there. Um, so I, I'd like to expand my horizons a bit and you know, Zelda doesn't have all it has those elements in it, but they've never really done too much with it, and I think that this would kind of be the perfect avenue for it. So I I'm about it. I would totally pick it up and I'd totally give it a shot.
0: Um, So the one I want to end with is is mine. Sorry. Of um, course. But I do want to talk about it. Uh, so mine was a Final Fantasy-esque classic turn-based RPG. So like in the Final Fantasy IX style or Final Fantasy IV style, everybody has a certain job. This would take place uh, during the seven years between Green uh, of Time, Young Link going in and coming back out. So Zelda... Zelda's doing something with all the sages. She's waking them up and she's uh, she's trying to fight back with Ganondorf here. So I thought it would be really cool. I thought like, you know, the sages just represent such a such a great cast of party members. You could have Zelda as like a black mage slash kind of white mage that uses that kind of, uh, you know, powerful attack magic. You could have uh, Soraya as the white mage that, you know, also has maybe some earthy kind of magic stuff uh, Drunia would be a knight, obviously, the guy's big, heavy, Rudo could be a blue mage, just, uh, kind of a middle-of-the-road character, able to copy other people's moves, uh, Impa is a Dragoon, I think that makes sense, and, uh, Niburu is a thief, I think that also makes sense, and I was like, uh, yeah, I didn't know really who Raru could be, so I was like, he can be a summoner, so, uh, but I think, like, like, that, that kind of is, like, a cool premise, and I've always really wanted to, uh, to explore that, because I think, like, you look at the Super Mario series and Super Mario RPG back in the day, that was so successful that they're still making Mario RPGs to this day. So, like, I really want Zelda to um, to go down that avenue and do that because I think that they're, like, it's such a natural fit. There's a lot of, of, you know, even if you didn't create a new story, which I'm, you know, pretty in favor of doing, even if you went and, like, went to the different game worlds, there's so much there for potential stories, characters, etc., etc., um, I, I just think it's like it's such a no-brainer that I'm surprised that we haven't had it yet.
1: And it's not like Zelda's any a stranger to RPGs either. I mean, we were talking about earlier with Adventure of Link, they've they've done it in in bits and pieces before, and right, it only yeah. makes sense. Even close, yeah. I I think I think you've definitely hit the right mark here, and even if they don't do it in a Super Mario RPG like they could absolutely do it in a Final Fantasy style and I think it would be probably their biggest hit Zelda game since Breath of the Wild
0: It would be it would be awesome I would you know I would love to to see that I think that's uh I think that's a spin-off that would start a whole new sub-series of games rather than just be a one and done I you know, fingers crossed. I really hope that they do it. And you know what? I want to give a shout out to this too. I I uh, I wrote about it last year, and everybody dumped all over me when I suggested it. But man, I want a rabbits game with Zelda characters. That, how good would that be? I I would play the hell out of that. Ah, it's that game was so fun, and people just dump on those little rabbits because I mean, yes, they are annoying. Yes, they are obnoxious, but. It doesn't mean that inherently the games that they are featured in are terrible. Um, Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle was so fun; I had such a fun time playing that. And man, I really want—I think those Rabbids would fit in really well with like Toon Link and like that Spirit Tracks world. I don't know; just throw that out there. Yeah, no, you're
1: you're good. I you know what, I, I as a bonus I kinda wanna throw in my idea. I didn't get any time to sit down to write this and I'm really, really mad that I that I didn't, but my two cents, I think a lot of people have, you know, gone gone down this route especially recently, but I think Zelda and Dark Souls would make a good combo. You it would be a little Twilight Princessy, I I hate to admit. Um but I think the, the concept of, like, especially with the Breath of, the final battle of Calamity Ganon at the end of Breath of the Wild, it, it definitely lends itself to saying that not only is this possible, but it's totally doable. And I think you could, with that epic music, with, you know, some harder gameplay mechanics, and y- you have a perfect character who is kind of designed to... To kind of explore that that type of world, and you know the whole you've got a million and one weapons in Breath of the Wild, also gives a really good uh, gives a really good avenue for inclusion of different kind of like maybe trick weapons from Bloodborne or just just different weapon styles that's all over, over all over Dark Souls. It could be kind of like a, a Sekiro combination where you wouldn't really customize your character; you just play as Link or play as, you know, any any other Zelda character. But I think it could, it could work really well and it might give Zelda a more legitimate stance in, in one of the harder games. So, I don't know.
0: My two cents. Uh, I've never played Dark Souls or Bloodborne, so I have no opinion on that. But I, I feel like that would make a lot of people happy. We have, I don't know if it's just like, if it's a cult following or if it's like just really popular, but it seems like everybody in our Zelda dungeon discord is always talking about dark souls.
1: It's a very popular game. It, it is not, <laughs> it's not one of those underground hits. So
0: I'm sure, like I said, I, I I think that'll make a lot of people happy and I'd be, I'd be down for that. That'd be my first souls game that I'd play, even though I own bloodborne and I haven't played it yet.
1: You You need to play it.
0: I have so much to play and I need to start getting in uh, getting in gear for the marathon here. It probably won't happen, but maybe after when I take a break from Zelda games for a while. There you go. Um we're not taking a break though on this show. We are uh, we're going to dive right into our top Game Boy games here. If you want to check out the rest of the Zelda spin-off games, head over to zeldadungeon.net. Check it out. There's a lot of really cool stuff there. Um, whoever put that list together is a Really good at finding images that fit these uh, these games, and then B, also really handsome. So make sure that you uh, check it out. But we're gonna dive headfirst into our Game Boy games. You ready? I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the sound of your ego. <laughs> um, so we're not we're gonna we're gonna move through quickly here, and I guess that uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm gonna speak for both of us here and say that. You know, obviously we were rather young when the Game Boy was in its prime, so we didn't play a ton of different Game Boy games, so I feel like this list is probably going to be more um, nostalgia-based than actual quality-based. Uh, is that fair to say? Oh, for sure. Right. Um, so, keep that in mind, and then, um, you know, I guess I guess with that being said, let's do it. Um, how about you kick us off here, Taylor?
1: Alright, um... I'm going to start off with a little game called Mortal Kombat 3, and I'm going to do this because it's in honor of Mortal Kombat 11 having released last week, and oh my god, is it awesome, and the Switch version is available, so go pick it up, but Mortal Kombat 3 uh, was ported to the Game Boy, um, and it was actually, it was like my first taste of being able to play one of my favorite fighting games on the go. And I I think that's distinctly what I remember most about the Game Boy version. And it it was just fun. It it was mindless fun. I got to play as all my favorite Mortal Kombat characters. It was one of my favorite Mortal Kombat games back in the day. And I could play it on the go, so that's why it makes my list.
0: I'm going to go number 10, Kit Icarus of Myths and Monsters. And actually, this was a game that I played later. I played it on, uh, I think, a virtual console. But um, you know, it, it's it's good. It's good old fashioned Metroid-y kind of stuff. I'm a big Metroid fan, as listeners of the show know. So um, uh, you know, Kid Icarus has always been like kind of the uh, the cousin of Metroid. So it was it was a classic uh, Kid Icarus style. It was a, it was a good sequel. Not a very long game, but uh, for when you put it in the context of, of when it came out, I thought that it was quite good.
1: Makes sense to me. Alright, my next game is Gauntlet 2. Uh, I've, I've always actually been a really good fan of, of the Gauntlet series. Uh, I never played the first one, albeit, but Gauntlet 2 is my introduction and it, it was just good, good fun. Play top-down, you can pick uh, one of several classes, they all do different kind of things. And you just go through different levels, uh, you could play co-op on the console version. I don't remember if you could do it on the Game Boy version, but it w- it was a action hack and slash uh, game that just was very medieval fantasy, and I loved it.
0: I respect that. Um, so this is probably going to be a curveball for some people here, but my number nine is going to be Pokemon Gold and Silver. Uh, most people, I think, would have these games closer to the top of the list, but um, I, I kind of fell out of Pokemon after the initial craze, and when I when there was new Pokemon introduced, I was like, eh, whatever. Like, I, I like my, you know, original 150, uh, I don't want to learn a bunch of new Pokemon or whatever. So I, I ended up not playing it when it came out, and I, I played it some years later. I think I actually played Pokemon Crystal and not Gold or Silver. But, um, you know, it is a fun game. there's a lot there's a lot to like about it. i I don't think that it can top the originals um, but it, it's it's a good game. Um, terrible starters. I think all those starters are like Gen two probably has the worst starters of any generation. Oof. just gonna throw that out there i I, I don't think I can think of a gen that has worse starters i I really don't.
1: uh gen four
0: uh, I don't think so. i I don't think so. I think Infernape is pretty cool. I think uh. Torterra is pretty cool anyways so um, so Pokemon Gold and Silver you know it wasn't it wasn't as iconic to me as uh, the originals but still a fantastic Game Boy game so that gets the nod.
1: Respectable I think they would have been on my list if I had remembered that Pokemon Gold and Silver were originally Game Boy Color or Game Boy games uh, I kept confusing myself because Crystals released for Game Boy Color uh, and that was my favorite of that generation
0: then, then I must have played, I must have played Gold because I distinctly remember it being on the Game Boy then.
1: No, you're you're right. Gold and Silver were originally on the Game Boy, and then Crystal got released for Game Boy Color, and that's what confused yeah, you're me. you're right. You're right. Yeah. So yeah, that that would have totally made my list. But I will point out that like for except for my top three, like none of my games are actually in order here. They're just a random assortment. So anyway, moving on. Uh, Street Fighter Two. Short and simple. Same exact reasons as Mortal Kombat 3.
0: Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like Street Fighter 2?
1: It's the it's one of the best Street Fighter games still in my opinion.
0: I think that I think that it still is. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say that cuz I haven't played um a Street Fighter game other than 2 in like years, but there's something about the simplicity and like iconic characters of that that are never they're they're timeless. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally done with that. You never
1: played Third Strike?
0: Um I I don't think I've played Street Fighter. What's the latest one to come out? 5 or 5, four? yeah. Yeah, I never played Street Fighter 5. I played like 5 minutes of 4, but uh yeah, I, I don't know. I it, like if I play Street Fighter, it's just Street Fighter 2.
1: Ah, eh, fair enough. I still think it's the it's probably the best mostly because of nostalgia for me. It was the first Street Fighter I played and then I went back and I played Fighting Street, which is a whole different game, but it's still technically the first Street Fighter game. Um so yeah, no, uh, Street Fighter two on Game Boy and on and on the uh Super NES. It's a good game. I liked it.
0: Um so my number eight is gonna be Doctor Mario. And I I don't know if this or the SNES version was the original version of Dr. Mario, but this one was the one that I played first. Um, And I played this when I was a kid, and I was super terrible at it. But as I got older, um, you you know, I got a little bit better at it, and I appreciate it now, and uh, I look back at it fondly. And I'm really excited, actually, for the Dr. Mario um, phone game to come out. But I actually, I still have this cartridge, and from this point on... I actually have the original cartridge for every game on this list on my list down, so that's um, a big it's a big nostalgia one for me.
1: That's actually really impressive. You know, to this day, I still have never played Doctor Mario. What? Yeah, it's one of the ones I just. Really? I, yeah, and I, I just never. So my brother had it for the I think it was for the NES. He he had it and he just had it lying around, and for whatever reason, I just I never picked it up and I never played it it's it's one i've always missed
0: huh that that is strange
1: yeah anyway moving on my next i guess my number 7 is castlevania 2 belmont's revenge so this was actually my first castlevania game i had never played castlevania before um and i remember going into the store with my mom and my dad and i was just like I want a fun new portable Game Boy game because I'm tired of beating Pokemon Blue over and over and over again. And so I just went around and I found the Castlevania box and it it just looked really cool. It was like, I, I was really into, I mean, what kid isn't into vampires? And <laughs> I'd always lo- actually loved Dracula. And so I was just like, okay, this seems like a game that, you know, could be kind of like a, a Vampire Slayer game. So I picked it up, and lo and behold, it even had Dracula in it and all that good stuff. And it just really fit the bill. I really liked the the action system. Some of the puzzles were, were really neat. Um, so, yeah, w- what's not to like about Castlevania? It's just a really damn good series, and that was my introduction to it, and so it'll always forever hold a place on my top ten.
0: Mm-hmm. I heard that this one was, like, played a really good castlevania game i never got to play it unfortunately
1: i thought it was really good it's not like aria of shadow but it's or sorrow it's but it's really good like for an early castlevania game it's amazing
0: isn't this game part of the new like collection or is that just the nes games because there's a there's a castlevania collection coming out pretty soon right
1: I'm actually not sure. I I have not. My head has not been in news recently. Um, but I'll yeah, definitely look we'll, into. We'll that. look into that. Yeah.
0: Um, so so my number seven is Super Mario Land two, and uh, Super Mario Land uh, like was just such a. This was this was the Game Boy to me. Super Mario Land is uh, and its sequel were some of the first games that I ever played. So Super Mario Land two. Is really fun. It's it's kind of quirky, and it's the first time that Wario is introduced. So, the yeah, the whole the whole premise is you're going after six golden coins, and you got to steal your castle back from Wario, who's stolen it from you. Um, and it was it was basically a supersized version of Super Mario Land one, but uh, I I had a lot of fun with it. I still you know I still have the cartridge, like I said, and it's good for you know if you're if you're spending a night in, it's still good for a quick play. So I I quite like this game.
1: Yeah, I still regret that I have not played any Super Mario games on the Game Boy. I waited until the Game Boy Advance, but that that sounds like a whole lot of fun, and oh, damn that Wario. he's stealing people's stuff. What a guy. My number six is Mega Man 3. So, I mean, it's a Mega Man game, and... There, there's no questioning how good these have always been, and honestly, like I, I think my favorite in a Mega Man series will still always be X, but Mega Man Three was was just a whole lot of fun, and you know, I, I can't help but just appreciate how far the Mega Man series kind of evolved over the course of its, its history. And I, I think for a Game Boy game, like the PC version was. Was pretty basic, and the Game Boy version was was even more so. But it played well. It was a lot of fun. Your typical side-scrolling Mega Man had fun bosses, simple story. It just worked.
0: I like Mega Man three. I don't. I think it's. Uh, I think Mega Man two and Mega Man one are probably my favorites. But three would probably be right next in the original like run of NES games. Um, so I respect that choice. That's a great game. Cool. Um, so my my number six, I was just talking about it, is Super Mario Land one, and this you know, I'm trying to think back. This could very well be the first video game that I ever played. It, it might even it might either be this or Super Mario World. Really? But I was very very young when I played it. Yeah. Um, and when and when you when you look at it today, it's actually not super impressive. I think there's only about nine levels or so, and uh, they're not like. They're not like anything hard or anything, you know, outstanding necessarily. But like you, uh, I I just go back and I'm like, I, I remember playing this and I remember like the first time I ever beat it, I couldn't have been very old, like maybe, I don't know, like maybe seven or eight or something like that. And I was so happy that I had beaten this game. And, uh, you know, it's still, it's still, it's just one of those things that when I, when I think about it, I always think back to like... You know me, me as a young kid playing this game and uh, and just really kind of finding my feet as a gamer. So Super Mario Land, baby, number six, respectable choice,
1: makes sense to me. All right, this one, <laughs> this one's going a little bit out of it because um, I remember this game for pretty much one thing and one thing only. So <laughs> my number five is Ken Griffey Jr. Major League Baseball. So as a kid, I played a lot of baseball. Like it was the one sport my my that we had like right next door to us because there's a really really big park and there were a whole bunch of like uh, teams for all ages of kids and and my mom was always signing me and my brother up for them. So, you know, naturally I tended to gravitate towards sports games and my brother ended up getting this game for me. And it, it's your typical baseball game. Like you, you pick a team. All the characters are fictitious because at this point, like nobody had licenses for for real player names and all that stuff. Um, and in the Game Boy version, you could only play in one stadium, but that didn't really matter to me. But I remember any time that you struck someone out, they, <laughs> the <laughs> the player. <laughs> Who <laughs> would turn towards the camera <laughs> and just shout, Oh come on and it was the funniest thing to me. And so I would just I would play this game all the time, just hoping I would strike somebody out, and sometimes I would even strike myself out just to hear that. And it will stick with me for all of time. So
0: that's that's my number five. Ken Griffey Junior. Um okay. That's a weird one, but I'm I'm down with that. So from, from my number five down, these are these are games that I still think are fantastic to this day. So like these these games are like a notch above everything else for me. So number five for me, Tetris. So if if Super Mario Land wasn't the first game I ever played, it might have been Tetris then, because I, I got these at the same time for the Game Boy. Um, and, and I mean like what can you, you know, what can you say about Tetris that hasn't already been said? It's uh, the definition of timeless. So, yeah, that's my number 5. Are you a Tetris 99 master yet? You know, I uh I only played it like once, to be honest. Um I downloaded it and I just had a ton of other stuff that I needed to play and that I needed to do, so I I did about one round, uh did not win, and uh didn't really pick it back up. Promptly gave up. Yeah, pretty yeah, pretty much. Number
1: 4 for me. Wow. This is the game that has spawned a thousand memes and a million one GameStop prank calls. That's right, the original Battletoads. Now, this game, I actually played it the other day, just for nostalgia purposes. And holy hell is this game the original Dark Souls. Like, if we're talking about screwed up difficulty games, man... This one takes the cake. I I still think this game is way more difficult than like 90% of games out there. I I might even argue that this game is harder than than Dark Souls. So if you if anybody has the opportunity to play this game, you absolutely should only to to realize why there's so many crazy memes about this. But Long story short, not only was this game like notoriously difficult, but it was it was also really really fun and definitely gave you that that feeling of accomplishment when you were able to complete a level and you were able to figure out all the mechanics of what was causing you to die a million a million deaths. So, Battletoads number four, it's a classic. Play it if you can.
0: All right, number four for me, Metroid Two return of samus and uh if this game still holds up man yeah you know I've, I've commonly seen people say that this is the weakest of the like main series metroid games and i really don't agree with that even before samus returns came out i think that this game is like far better than the original metroid i think it's it, like it's it's shorter sure but the premise is so cool where you have to eliminate all of the different metroids there are so many like Awesome power-ups that are in that game that that kind of became staples in the Metroid series. Um, The tone and, like, the music for for back in the day. Like, this was released in 1991, and this had probably by far the best music that had ever been seen on the Game Boy at that time. Um, So I just think that there's, like, there's a lot of really good stuff that this game does. And uh, I, I think that people sleep on it, especially ever since it got remade. But, like, the original version of this game is is quite good. It, it's not... People kind of liken it to Zelda 2 a lot, and I think that that's really unfair. Because I, I think that there are some things in Zelda 2 that maybe, you know, earn its reputation as the black sheep of the Zelda series. But, like, this Metroid title is just, like, a super solid title that can, that can really stand beside any of the other... 2d titles so i mean at, at this point in the game I, i'd have to recommend if you haven't played it you just go and get samus returns but like you know if you if you only want to spend five bucks like this is a really quality game so you know i, I can't recommend it enough and uh there it is metroid metroid 2 coming in at number four
1: i i figured metroid had to show up on your list at some point it always does and what would one of my lists be without a harvest moon game so that's right number three harvest moon for the game boy although the one for the to be fair the one for the game boy is painstakingly simple but it did lead to the spawning of harvest moon 64 which is probably one of the the greatest harvest moon games to ever be released and i i can't thank this game enough for that and having gone back and played it about six years ago i want to say because i found i found my old cartridge for it and i found my old Game Boy. it it's the yes it's it's nostalgia but like i don't know there's just something about playing a simple farmer trying to you know grow grow your crops make a living sell it all that just, just appealed to me and it, it it allowed my mind to kind of like enter spaces that i didn't think was possible before and it kind of just broadened my ability to kind of think outside of of myself and be able to kind of like gain ideas and flow with ideas that i just i just didn't do before and the game is cute it's charming there's just nothing that I don't love about about Harvest Moon. So that's all I can say.
0: All right. I, I guess if, you know, looking after cows is your thing, Harvest Moon is probably pretty good, and I respect that for you. But I, Taylor Wells, I'm going to go super, super old school and pick Super Wario Land for my number three game. and I actually played this about two weeks ago. In anticipation for making this list, um, I booted it up and uh, played through it start to finish, and this game is still fantastic. You uh, you play, in, I think there's like forty different levels and something or something like that, and uh, the whole game is is basically Wario trying to uh, to find enough coins to to buy his castle back from Captain Syrup, who has stolen it with the help of a magic genie. There's hidden gems in the worlds. So there's a hidden like there's a hidden continent where there's about six extra levels so it's just it's really cool like there's some really fun music there's lots of really good levels it's not I mean it was challenging to me back in the day it's not challenging to me anymore but there's like there's some really good stuff and it just reminds me of you know when I was a kid playing that game and being stuck on the first world and not knowing for like probably about six months that there was a boss battle that I had to, that I had to beat in order to get out of the first world and explore the rest of the, of the game. So I put a smile on my face when I was playing it. It's a Wario game. So there's lots of like ridiculous stuff in there. Like the Wario is kind of like tingle. Like those games are kind of similar in my opinion in a way. So there's <laughs> lots of like, there's lots of like neat little, um, neat little like hidden things to do in that game. Um, it's really great. It's, it's like, I think it's like four bucks on the 3DS Virtual Shop right now. So if you haven't got a chance to play this game, this one I think really, I really think it still holds up. There's a lot of charm to it. And, uh, you know, I don't think I ever went and played Wario Land 2 or 3 or 4. So after replaying this game, I think I'm going to make that uh, a thing that I'm going to do this year, is go back and catch up on all of those different games, because they were really good and really fun. Yeah,
1: and I might do the same.
0: So we're at, we're at a point now. Our number one and number two are the same games, but in opposite order. So why don't we go ahead and talk about your number two, my number one, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. All right. Um, Pokemon
1: Blue was my very very first Pokemon game. It's um, it was actually kind of a funny story it's the it's very similar to how i ended up getting my n64 and uh ocarina of time in where i convinced my babysitter to purchase me a game boy and pokemon blue against my mother's wishes so (laughs) once again little mini manipulative taylor has found a way your
0: babysitter just just bought you a game boy
1: It, it took a lot of persuasion about two weeks worth of persuasion but yeah
0: how much how much was your mom paying her to babysit you I
1: yeah, as a a five or six year old I couldn't tell you
0: <laughs> oh, all right all right
1: but like, let's just put it with like back then my mom and my dad were a little bit well off my dad was a computer programmer and uh, my mom had s- some real estate stuff and she owned a, uh, a retail store for a long time. so it's like they weren't rich but they were definitely not poor either so I'm I'm pretty sure my babysitter was was not doing too poorly. <laughs> In any case, I managed to do that and I can't tell you how many times I, I spent... My nights, like trying to figure out a way to stealthily play this game throughout the night, and so my mom wouldn't find out. And I don't know, just I I got hit with the Pokemon fever, and I picked Squirtle as my as my starter, and I've been in love with the uh, with the Pokemon ever since. He's still my favorite, and I still say to this day, like e- even though the Yellow Version like really improved on a lot of things that that Red and Blue did. I blue is still my favorite and I think it was just it was just the combination of, oh hey, you know, I I'm this character who is going out into the world as a kid and like finding their own way. And it just it really appealed to me. There were tons of cute Pokemon. Uh and 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 the battles were, were a lot of fun. So what what can I say? Pokemon is amazing.
0: So, I was a Pokemon Red kid. Um Red was was the one that I got and my brother got Blue. And I was I picked Bulbasaur and like I really think that like your first Pokemon is always going to be your favorite because yeah. I'm with you like Bulbasaur is my favorite Pokemon. Um and I also agree like Yellow was nice, but it doesn't it doesn't top the original experience. Um I'll also like I I always aimed I always named my rival after my brother and I named uh, Red after me. that was always fun or whatever but yeah i mean this game just has it all i think that this is the greatest game boy game um probably by probably by a good margin too like just the the whole concept of pokemon is is so fantastic the you know like it's a kid's game but it's the battle system is so deep in that game like the tight matchups super effective moves stuff like that like this was really, like, it was really an advanced RPG that was masquerading as a simple game for kids. And, you know, you can obviously see that today with the competitive Pokemon scene, but, like, like back then, I think that I knew that I was playing something special, but, like, I didn't know that I was playing something that special. Like, you can go back and replay Pokemon Red or Blue or Yellow, and it's still just, like, an absolutely awesome experience. And there's a reason that they have been remaking this game you know, that they've remade it so many times with, uh, with fire red or let's go, um, the story and the, the flow of that game is just so spot on. And it's so like pitch perfect that, you know, it's just like, it was almost one of those things that was instantly iconic when it came out. And like, I was definitely, like you said, like I was definitely involved in like the Pokemon fever, at that time, I had all the Pokemon cards. I was, like, watching the anime every day. So, like, I was I was full-on into it. But, you know, at the core of that, you just had these exceptional video games. And I think that if they weren't so good, maybe Pokemon doesn't reach the heights that it does. Because, I mean, you have, you know, you have a couple game series that have tried to replicate that. Um, Yo-Kai Watch or Yu-Gi-Oh! And the games were never that good. So, they didn't reach that height so you know i i think that like the the legacy of pokemon red and blue is really you know it's a strong legacy and it really set the foundation for pokemania as it were so yeah that would be my number one
1: i can't agree more with you i i really liked what you said especially about how you know strategic the games were i think as I think as adults like sometimes we don't really appreciate how how much some of the games we played as kids really really shaped us and molded us you know in in our in our growing lives and I think that the Pokemon games were very very deceptive in how they taught at least in my case like they taught me to kind of think outside the box they taught me how to you know think A little more tactically to actually like use my brain as opposed to just running into every Pokemon battle and praying my Squirtle can tackle, you know, a type disadvantage to death. And I like there, there's just so much about the game that was just so
0: good. Uh, I I couldn't think. This is the first game that I like took the team concept, and and I still use this concept to this day. But I would like I would form a team of different types, and uh, like. Like, really, these, these types would have moves that could handle any particular Pokemon that came at me. So, like, if somebody was using a fire Pokemon, and, you know, obviously Venusaur wasn't going to gonna do the job against that, I would switch out to my water Pokemon. Or, like, yeah, it, it just taught you how to, like, think a couple steps ahead and always be prepared. For
1: sure. And funny, funny enough, you mentioned your rival. I think for the longest time I just, like, let the, the rival's name be default. But then... Um, around like 2004, 2005, um, <laughs> when like, I think that was around when the, I want to say the third or the fourth generation of Pokemon was coming around, but I just started naming my rival vadi every time. And I still do to this day now.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, my rival was always my brother. Yeah. And, and let's, let's also give a shout out here. The rival who let's just call him Gary, because that's clearly who he was based off of Mr. O Gary was the last great Pokemon rival. Now you've got these guys today that are just like, oh, let's battle for, for respect and, like, competitiveness and whatever. And it's like, whatever. Like, give me give me that smug jerk who was just such a total D-bag that you just you wanted to wipe that smile off of his face or that little smirk. Like, he was such a classic heel that, you know, nobody that the Pokemon series has had you rival against since... Has been able to to get the kind of heat that Gary Oak got. So, shout out to him. I say Incineroar should be the next rival. Maybe that wouldn't be that wouldn't be too bad actually. Just look at all um, those say, he does in
1: Smash. They're
0: they're great. It's too bad that uh, Incineroar wasn't wasn't around for Gary Oak to have back in the day. That's true. All right, so let's go on to my number two and your number one. I mean, what else could it be? The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. You know, surprise—the greatest Game Boy game of all time. But, but I mean, really, like you, you know, we've talked extensively about Link's Awakening before, so we won't, we won't go over it in in great detail right here. But like the dungeons, the story, the setting, the the way that they were able to. Just really replicate the Zelda experience in such a limited uh, hardware console is is truly incredible. And I'm playing through it actually as we speak right now in preparation for the marathon, and it still holds up. Like it scaled it down, but it didn't dumb it down. I think is the achievement of Link's Awakening. Mm. Um, and I think that that's probably the greatest thing that you can say about that game is because obviously it, it like it didn't have a Super Nintendo esque um, it didn't have the, the same hardware, the same capabilities, but, like, it, it wasn't a lesser experience. It, it had the full-fledged Zelda experience, where, if you look at Super Mario Land, uh, that wasn't the full Mario experience. You know, it was a great game, but it that wasn't... You couldn't put that beside Super Mario Bros. 3 or Super Mario World. Um, you couldn't put Metroid 2 beside Super Metroid, but you can put... Link's Awakening beside a link to the past. I, I I don't think that it's out of place.
1: Interesting. Okay,
0: I I would say the same. Obvious choice for number one, but uh, I I think you know I think it's the right choice. So uh, you know you when I think of the Game Boy, I think of Link's Awakening, and I think of Pokemon, and I think that our lists obviously both reflect that. So I'm pretty happy with uh with what we ended up with.
1: Honestly, yeah, I I agree. I think um. You can really put either one of them interchangeably at number one. And in fact, I would say that both of them deserve number one. Like,
0: mm-hmm, yeah, interchangeably at number one, definitely. There's
1: no question. So I, I don't think you can go wrong if you have either of these two games at the top. You know.
0: Um, so that's our list, and that's gonna do it for us this week. We want to know what your top Game Boy games of all time were, and we're wishing the Game Boy a, uh, a happy thirtieth birthday. I will never forget how durable that brick was. I dropped the thing all over the place and it still worked. so shout out to that little piece of uh, hardware goodness.
1: Might be the most durable console ever.
0: I think you Definitely, like, this. it was the unbreakable brick as my father used to call it. Love it. Um, but yeah, so that's it. We're out. Uh, if you are a fan of the Champions cast, definitely make sure you head over to SoundCloud, head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, comment, review, all of that good stuff. We appreciate everybody that listens. If you got a Zelda friend in your life and they are not listening to the champions cast, hook them up and, uh, point them our way. Um, so yeah, that's going to be it that we're out. Definitely head over to Twitter. Check us out. I am at secretary316. Taylor is at gif underscore Bluehawk. Have a good week.